0: Okay, well, I hope you enjoy your, your month of tonic water and, and club soda.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: That was a week ago. John Orr and his wife are about to begin the dreaded week three of their 10th annual January. Wish them luck. We're talking about renunciation in this hour, thinking about what a powerful force it can be in people's lives. For better and for worse. And giving something up, whether it's a glass of wine or a way of life, can be really hard and painful, and it can change people in ways they don't expect. This is Howard Axelrod's story.
2: Uh, it was two weeks before the end of my junior year. I went to play some pickup basketball. I had played high school basketball, and it was I loved going to the court to play just as a way to um, relax. And uh, there was just a freak accident. A boy's, a boy's finger went into my eye, and... It severed the optic nerve, which is the cable that connects the back of the eye to the brain. Um, So I, I was blinded in my right eye.
0: Howard Axelrod was a student at Harvard when that happened. It seemed like he had everything going for him, and then suddenly he was blind in one eye. He had trouble seeing, no peripheral vision, no depth perception. He felt permanently disoriented and vulnerable and depressed. And after a while, he decided he would just leave his old life behind. So he went to Vermont. He found a tiny, remote cabin pretty close to being off the grid, and he stayed there, alone, for two years. He wrote a beautiful memoir about it called The Point of Vanishing. Steve Paulson asked him to describe the place.
2: So the the cabin was pretty ramshackle. Uh, It did have a wood stove for heat. Um, In the morning, when I would wake up, it would and I'm remembering winter now because it, it seemed like it was always winter. <laughs> and when I would wake up, I could see my breath because the fire would have burnt down. So I would get the um, the wood stove going again. And uh, mostly what I did was just go for walks. I mean, outwardly, it, it, it looked like I probably wasn't doing all that much. But what I was doing on my walks uh, was actually, to me, was pretty important. I was, I was seeing more. Uh, I felt more at ease. I began to feel less like an intrusion on the landscape
1: and more just like I was part of the woods. Hmm. And, and just to put this in perspective, I mean, you were really isolated at this point. I mean, yes, you had your, your landline, but no cell phone, no computer, no TV. You went days at a time without seeing anyone, without talking to anyone. <laughs> I mean, did it actually start to get hard to to interact with other people?
2: It did. You forget how much you're filtering out on a daily basis when you walk down the street in a city. Your senses, you know, to, to, to pay attention to the person you're talking to or even to whatever you're focusing on, there's so much you're blocking out. And in the woods, my my the filters on my senses just dropped um, because there's nothing you don't want to see and there's nothing you don't want to hear. So then when I would go into the, the small town miles, maybe a 15-minute drive from where I lived— uh, I would be overwhelmed. I mean, this was just a, a eight-aisle market, but they would sometimes be playing on their overhead speakers the, the local pop radio station, and to hear Elton John or, you know, or Whitney <laughs> Houston, which it seems is just sort of always what they're playing in supermarkets, incidentally, uh, would be overwhelming. Uh, I couldn't, because I hadn't been listening to any music, I hadn't been listening to anything really other than the snow falling or occasionally a bird, and um, I had a, I had a hard time just navigating a small town market.
1: Well, I, I got the sense that um, your parents started getting kind of worried about you, and and you you write about this time when you'd been living in the woods for over a year, and they convinced you to come down to see them for Thanksgiving, and so you went to to see them, and there were a whole pile of relatives there, and it turned into kind of a disaster, didn't it? That that visit uh, at Thanksgiving. It. It did.
2: You know, it's one thing to be overwhelmed in a supermarket by Elton John's Rocket Man. It's, <laughs> it's another thing entirely to have to see your whole family in the suburbs of New York City. And it was, it was very hard for me. And, and then maybe part of what you're referring to is the morning after that Thanksgiving, uh, I, was go- I slept in my aunt and uncle's backyard in a tent just to give myself a little more room. And I went for a walk in their neighborhood uh, and policemen stopped me two cop cars because i because apparently i was such a threat <laughs> and what they said was that some a neighbor had been looking out her window and had seen a strange man i mean at this point i had a long bushy beard and i also